You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast, the authority in injury prevention and correction for runners, with running and athletic functional movement expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Hey guys, it's Jessica Marie Rose Leggio from Run Pain-Free, where we fix and correct your running pain. Today we're going to talk about how working out can actually hurt a runner. Um, And I do want to start off by saying thank you so much for listening to our podcast and tuning in. I hope and encourage you to share it with your runner friends and help us save runners everywhere by educating them with athletic conditioning and expertise that is not something you actually hear on the streets. Without further ado, let's get into it. So how come a fitness expert would actually say that working out for a runner could actually hurt a runner? And this is how. There is a plethora of myths in this running community, and one of them I talk about a lot is that uh, people have been told that in order to run better, you need to run more. And that is the dumbest, dumbest idea and approach to any athletic sport, and any athlete will tell you that. So, um, what is actually happening here is when you're in pain as a runner, you're in a dysfunctional movement pattern. Understand that running is the basic human mechanic of the human body. So it's what we were designed to do, it's walking. So walking um, and running are the same thing, right? So running is just fast walking. So if your basic mechanic is off, then anything you try to do on top of that is gonna make it even worse. So for somebody who is going to be doing extensive basic human mechanic, AKA running, you need your basic mechanics to be on point, to, de- to be solidified, to be mechanical, if you will. So when you're in pain with running, it's your body telling you, hey, like something is off and I don't know what it is, but you need to figure it out because I don't wanna do this anymore. So that's why it starts to give you pain. It's really a red flag for you to stop. And the majority of you don't interpret it that way. And then there's a, so many things out there that are, hey, take this, put this on, do this, do that, and like minimize what you're feeling as opposed to actually addressing it. I mean, and if we all did that, can we just talk about what we would be in if we didn't address anything and then had all these external things to compensate and mask and, you know, what, what we really are all struggling in this society to not do. And it's like, no more masking, no more covering up, guys. It's time to deal with it, it's time to address it. It's a process, yes, it's a process, but your body has an amazing ability to heal if it's given the proper tools, and it starts with the interpretation of what it's telling you. So let me be the first to tell you, your body is telling you to stop. Now, I'm not gonna tell you to stop running, but I'm gonna tell you to stop working out, and this is why. When you are in a dysfunctional movement pattern, which is how your body mechanically works from the joint, The joint dictates the muscle activity. So if your joints are off and there's tissue, which is restrictive on those joints, because the tissue, AKA IT bands, being the thickest part of fascia, tissue fascia is all over our bodies and it keeps our bodies together. So it's attached at major joint junctures. So if the tissue feels the joint is not being supported by muscle, it's going to restrict and limit mobility in that joint. When that joint can't function, then the muscle itself doesn't get the proper signal to, hey, support me because I wanna function as a joint. So that's when the pain starts. And a lot of it goes unheard of, unaddressed, 
and it just becomes an actual injury, but it all started with something that you didn't listen to way, way back. So um, the more advanced the runner or athlete is, the longer this will allow them to go before they actually stop. The earlier or more beginner an athlete or runner is, this will stop you a lot faster because your body is like, I have no idea what that is. So there's different levels that this happens to people, um, but it still is the same. What happens is when you actually say, oh my God, I'm in pain. Oh, I must need to cross train. Let me go do some squats with some kettlebells or let me go do some step ups and let me go put resistance bands on. Let me go get a trainer. What you're doing is you're actually solidifying that dysfunctional movement pattern to be stronger. So you build the injury stronger. Let me say that again. When you're in pain and you go and work out, and you do anything with added weight, cable machines, dumbbells, kettlebells, resistance bands, you are loading that pattern. When you load a pattern, you build the pattern. When you build the pattern, whatever muscles are firing to support that pattern, those muscles get stronger. So if you're in dysfunction, in a dysfunctional movement pattern, you are now building dysfunctional muscle. So many of you that have seen me, if you're listening, I'll tell you, oh, this muscle right here is dysfunctionally developed. This should not be here. This muscle is misappropriated. We need to reappropriate this muscle by way of mechanics. So that means for somebody who I would consider quad dominant, especially females, when your quads bow outwardly, that's too much quad, which means you're running all in your quads. Nothing in your glutes is firing. Your hamstrings aren't doing their job for the runner, which is extension. Um, and you're not utilizing your core or your, or your back in the way that you should as a runner because all of your running is in your quads, probably your calves too, and your anterior tibialis in the front of your shin. If you can actually punch the front of your shin, like where the outside of it, not the bone, but the, the meat on the outside of it, if you can actually punch there and not feel it, that's dysfunctionally built overdeveloped muscle and it shouldn't be there. That muscle should be in your calf um, and the calf shouldn't be tight and like overdeveloped it should be pliable but that muscle should be behind there yes you need anterior tibialis muscle but not in a place where it's actually bulging out and you can actually punch it that's too much which is what happens up top with the quad and then you have all this heavy meated um, quad muscles that then hang on your hip flexors, hang, which then pulls on your pelvis and all that bone around there. And then it also puts too much weight onto your kneecaps. And a lot of weight is over, um, overcompensating in the front of the body. And the quads are the largest muscle group in the body. So they're really the last muscles you need to actually focus on. Yet form in and of itself will have you working your quads all day and your butt will never get any inch of that workout and that strength. But a lot of this isn't really your problem or your doing rather, I should say. It's that there's a tissue restriction that disallows function at the joint and then disallows the muscles to fire. So this is why somebody could go right into a gym in pain, never, never foam roll, right? You just go into the gym, oh my God, I'm in pain. I gotta go in here, I gotta work out. And you start doing squats and you just build your quads even more bigger, more strong. And at the same time, you're deactivating your glutes the whole time. So it's setting you up for even more of an injury because now you have mass on top of that dysfunctional pattern. So when you do that, you're actually creating 
the muscle the muscle in a dysfunctional way. When you're running, there's 2.2 pounds of pressure per step on your run. So you actually are conditioning your muscles every single step of your run. So when you do that, you're building muscle. It's just over a longer period of time, so you don't really feel it or see it rather like you do in a workout where you're like, oh, I got cuts and all this stuff. It's very, it's much, it's over a much longer period of time. So you don't realize it, but you're conditioning the activity. So when a runner just runs and they do nothing else, they're conditioning the activity, but they're actually conditioning that dysfunctional pattern that they're on. So any runner who doesn't work out at all and just runs, any pains that they're having, they've conditioned that to an extent. They've conditioned it, they felt it, they've conditioned it because they stayed doing it. So when you work out in this way, you actually create a bigger problem. What you need to do is you need to address where the tissue is. You need to release all the strain off of the joints. Once the strain is off the joints, the joints become mobile. Whether they're dysfunctional or not in that, in that capacity at that moment is quite irrelevant because you wanna release the strain off the joints for them to show you what they're doing or not doing. That is the point where you can be like, oh wow, well from someone like me, I'll look at that and I'll say, okay, that joint is, is showing me so much instability that there's no way you have muscle around that joint. So now I need to know why you didn't get muscle to that joint. So we'll continue to do some work and some movements where I can see those things. So it's important, that's why foam rolling is such a baseline preventative tool for a, for a runner to use. Because at baseline, if you're not, if you're at least getting the strain off your joints, then you're at the very least allowing mobility to show up for you. So you'll feel instability faster, you'll feel pain faster, so it doesn't become anything worse. You guys want red flags. You don't wanna get rid of red flags. You wanna get rid of injuries. Injuries are only prevented by a red flag being addressed. Make sense? So foam rolling is always gonna be your go-to. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to my IT band podcast, please listen to that when we're done here. And that'll explain why it's so important for you to foam roll in a, in, a, in a deeper capacity. So let me continue. So when your body now is releasing the strain off the joints because you foam rolled, now your joints are mobile, now we can see what muscles haven't or have fired. Because again, it's tissue first, joint second, muscle last. Because working out with your muscles is super easy. Are you kidding me? Tossing kettlebells and all that stuff, that's fun. Like, that's nothing compared to what we do at Run Pain Free. What we do here is we actually address the joint activity. If it is or is not working, I'm gonna address it there. I'm not playing with these muscles. I'm not, I'm not playing these games with these muscles that wanna act funny and like, they're, they're compromising at best. They're compensating at best. And the body is a very, very big compromiser. It loves to compromise. It loves to compensate. Um, it's an amazing machine, actually. And that's why when you get it to actually work properly, you just start excelling and PRing. And you're like, I'm not even trying to go fast. Right, because now you have an efficiently conditioned body so you can then do a sport that actually allows you to, to excel in it. But if your basic human mechanics are off and really they're locked up because tissue is like, no, I don't trust your body because the tissue knows you don't have muscle around your glutes, around, around your hip, which is your glutes. The, the tissue knows your, your outer hip muscles aren't working. The tissue knows your quads are too big. The tissue knows you don't have no kind of abs because your psoas connects your back, your sacrum to your front, your pelvis, and your psoas connects to your spine, loops all through that and connects to your femur. So like all these muscles are like, no, I'm not working. And the joints are aware of all that. And the tissue is like, got it, lock up. 
So the tissue locks up and says, no way. Knee, you're not hinging anymore because at best, I'm gonna stop you from hinging. Because if I stop you from hinging, you're gonna stop running. You don't wanna really feel your hip. Um, when you're feeling your hip already, you're already a severe injured client on my roster. So the first, you're always gonna feel your, your knee or your ankle or your, your foot. You're gonna feel those guys first. That's the first sign of red flags that something bigger is going on up top. And remember, the IT band covers 80% of each glute. So if there's restrictive tissue covering each glute, I don't know where you think you're firing. It disallows muscle activation. That's why you have to address it first. Um, once we reveal the dysfunction in the joint level and we see where the muscles are not operating, that's the job where we, that's the point rather, where we can actually say, okay, let's deactivate these muscles so we can activate these muscles in order to operate. When that basic function in workout isn't happening, you build the dysfunction worse. So, a lot of the times people will go get a personal trainer. Now, I'm an expert. That means I had to be a trainer at one point to be where I am. I've gone through the complete ladder from three years old all the way up. This is all I've done my whole life is biomechanics. I can do it with my eyes closed. And when I look at people when I'm training them and coaching them, I actually don't see clothes. I actually see um, like the body with muscles, like those muscle men you see, like uh, you know the fascia guys you see like images on Google. That's how I view the body when I'm training it because I've been doing this for so long. So there's a domino effect and there's not a lot of rhyme or reason unless you understand the logic of the mechanic of the body and trigger and domino effects. And so that's really what I teach all my clients and what I hope to get through to you guys on my podcast. So this is very specific because it is confusing when a fitness expert is saying, stop working out because you're making it worse because you're building muscle that is already inappropriately or dysfunctionally built and it's, preventing you from actually addressing the real root of the problem. And so we have to backtrack from that and come off of that because the last part of correction is loading the muscle. When someone starts to get into the meat of correction and the more we correct, the more the body exposes itself and says, hey, please fix me, hey, please fix me, the more we actually can isolate the real root of the problem from years and years and years ago, it will expose itself because the more we correct mechanics and give proper muscle function, the more trust the body has that you're gonna fix it so it'll show you what's really wrong. So it's actually a good sign when you start feeling things you haven't felt before for somebody like me. And all my clients get annoyed, they're like, oh, I have pain over here, why are you, why are you saying that's a, good, I, that's a good thing? And I say, because it's more information of where we're going. It's just gonna tell us where it's going and where it came from. And I can root injuries in a 50-year-old person back to four years old. I've done it a million times at this point. So it's very important for me that I correct everything and anything that's brewing that you may not know about. And the only way we can do that is by stripping the body away from the muscle, loading and getting the joint to show us what's going on. And once we see what the joint is doing, then we can say, okay, this muscle needs to stop work and we gotta get this muscle to work. And once that, that's a little bit of time itself, like getting the hamstrings to actually do their job, which is assess extension and not stabilize and get the glute to actually stabilize so it can stabilize the hip joint and allow the hip joint to fire and function. Once we get those two guys working properly, consistently, then we can load. Then we can start throwing kettlebells. Then we can start doing cable work. Then we can start doing FMS bands, but not until that part. 
So when someone is like, oh, you need to go work out, please do not listen to that. I have a m- many, many, many trainers that I've either mentored or worked with that send me clients that come to them and say, oh my God, I had like a rough night or whatever and I slipped and fell um, and my back is hurting me. They know they don't do injuries. Trainers are personal trainers. They're not educated in injuries. Um, Please don't get it confused. Corrective specialist does not mean they are a functional movement systems specialist. That is the godfather to functional movement, which is functional movement systems. It was created for athletic conditioning specifically by a PT and a CSCS who realized that they weren't fixing their, their, their athletes. And they created a system that basically addresses human mechanic from infantile stage right up to athleticism. And that is one of my major expertise. And that's, I'm a national expert for FMS because of it. I was trained specifically by one of the creators, Lee Burton, and I was named it because I am a product of it as well as most of you know, cause you've listened to my podcast. So when there is that capacity of understanding, it's also understanding as health professionals, we all have limits. I don't cut people open. I'm not a doctor. So if that is what's needed, I'm going to refer you to a doctor. Whereas a lot of doctors don't want to admit that they're not biomechanics and mobility specialists. So at best they refer you to a PT, but PT is really more rehab. PT is not corrective. I used to work in PT. So it's really about everybody understanding their limits and referring out. When we all respect what we do, then we can actually help people. But when people's egos get involved and they can't admit their limits, we have that's when people start getting hurt. And I have a very big problem with that. And I'm sure again, if you've seen any of my videos or you hear me go live or you've been to my events, I have a zero tolerance for people not being able to admit their limits. Um, I have made a lifelong career out of correcting people, helping people, because I've done it myself. From nutrition, to injuries, to athleticism, I have done it for myself across the board. So I have a extensive understanding of it. I'm not just a person who read a book and took a test. That's a very different kind of person here. So what I do is I actually implement because textbooks and real life don't really make sense. I'm the person that brings those two guys together and I make it make sense. That's why I have corrected every single person who has completed the run pain free conditioning and athletic injury correction program. I have 100% results from that and I'm very, very strict about it. If you haven't completed the program, I can't deem you corrected. I just can't. But I go above and beyond to make sure you complete the program. Of course, we have people in and that that don't complete it, but and they're not deemed corrected, and that's that's what that is. Um, you know, it's it's been many many years we're doing this, but for the people who have corrected our program, it's 100% results, and because we stop at nothing to find out what is actually happening, and I'm not going to load you until you actually show that the mechanics are sound. Now we can load. If you're trying to load a kettlebell swing, like kettlebell swinging is loading. So if you are doing a kettlebell swing, you're taking a kettlebell class for instance, um, and the mechanic isn't sound, it's going to cause a problem. I, I just walked my way into talking about a client of mine who I will keep anonymous, but she takes kettlebell classes and a lot of the times they can't watch kettle- people in classes or um, injured high injury rates because a lot of people can't watch more than five people at once. Um, Again, I'm very abreast in in group fitness and group training. I've been teaching classes since I'm 12 years old, so I can see things 
that most people can't because I've just been doing it a long time. So it's very hard in a class to see a lot of people, which is why something like kettlebells, in my opinion, should not be deemed a class because it's too injury prone and it's too easy to miss it. I digress. So she's in the meat of correction. Uh, she's kind of approaching meat of correction, but she is a back injury client, which means she's severe. So anybody with a back injury, um, hip injury, I'm, I'm very, I'm very anal about it. Although I don't like to show that I'm anal about it to the client inside me, I am. Um, but sometimes it comes out and they're like, Oh God. But it's because the, when you're talking about the back in and of itself, that is something you do not want to mess with. You do not know back pain unless you've actually had back pain. You don't know hip pain unless you've actually had hip pain and I've had both. So those are my, my, my injuries are rooted in my back and my hip from the truck accident. So I'm very aware of back injuries. And I was working on my first back when I was 15 and 16 years old, working on my parents' backs from their back injuries. So I have years of experience outwardly and personally with backs. So she takes kettlebell classes and her back was starting to hurt more and more and more and more. Um, I do know that her basic mechanics is not there yet because she's still in the, like she's approaching the medium phase of correction. So she's not in the beginning phases, but she's not at the phase yet where we're rooting it. So we're like cusping that. So when someone is cusping that part of the correction process and they're tossing bells around, they're actually solidifying a mechanic we're trying to get rid of. So I actually had to pull her out of kettlebells. And I said, you know, I really, I don't want you to do the kettlebells. I need to pull you out of it because I have to put all the programming on hold, address this pain specifically that you're feeling until I see the mechanics show me that they're good to go, then I can move on. Not until then, which is also why the Run Pain Free program is a process and a program and not sessions. Because the more we correct, the more your body shows us and we have to have the time to say, okay, everything is gonna shut down right now. I need to address that until it's fine and then I can resume my proper programming to continue the correct but it's important that I address it immediately because if I don't then I allow her to solidify that movement pattern which is crazy dysfunctional because it's causing her pain when you're in pain guys that's a line of dysfunction you have to address the dysfunction if you ignore it and put stuff on it like tape and braces or just run out and do a workout you're masking what's really going on and you're really creating a fight in your body that your body doesn't want to do so the body's just going to continue to get more and more pain, more and more injury until it actually cracks or tears and then you'll finally stop. But your body is always talking to you guys. It's always talking to you. And the last thing you wanna do is solidify pain. You don't wanna load pain. You don't wanna do that. Um, the only thing I consider loading um, that I do early on is closed chain bands. So closed chain means there, um, there's the, the, for instance, a band that is a loop and you can wrap it around your ankles or your thighs, that's closed, so closed chain. So that is going to move with you in mechanics. When it's open-ended, that's open chain. So like dumbbells is open chain, but a bar, for instance, is closed chain. So it's locking you up, okay? Just to give you a little um, fitness background. You'll hear closed chain or open chain workout systems. That's what they're meaning. Can you freely move your 
your limbs and arms with that apparatus. If you can't freely, freely move your, your arms with that apparatus, then it's closed chain. If you can move, it's open chain. So functional is always open chain. Um, I, and I stopped all chest presses and, and bar dumbbells. Uh, I don't know if they're 11, 12 years ago, I stopped that for all of my clients. Um, and there was actually a point in time where I only trained men. Um, I, I really didn't have any female on my roster. Um, runners are majority female, so a lot of my runners are females. But um, so there was a time where it was all men and I stopped all of the closed chain because it was creating too many joint problems. So chest press was causing way too many shoulder injuries, way too many elbow injuries, way too many back injuries. And I had to address the functionality of it when I allow you to do a kettlebell each in each hand press, totally different, open chain. You have more freedom and actually it's harder um, when you have weight in each hand. It's a lot harder and a lot, a lot more muscles actually fire to press it up than a bar, to be honest with you. So it's actually more challenging. I digress. Um, so when, when I use the closed band, which I do use often very early on, it's because it's with motion. It's with. It's, it's, in mo it's in mobility. So I'm not, I'm loading it, but I'm loading it in motion. I'm not loading it where it's, they have to grab and pull or, grab or, or touch and press. That's totally different. That we don't really wanna do early on. I wanna see what the mechanic shows me in motion. That's the only time I will quote, load the process very early on. Um, other than that, we're not touching any weight. We're not touching anything load. I, I really can't wait until I get you to the loaded phase because once I get you to the loaded phase, I'm solidifying the pattern I just recreated. So the faster I get you there, the better. Um, and there's a lot of times where someone will really approach that loaded phase and then all of a sudden, the biggest pain they've ever felt shows up. Very common. I just had a runner that went through it um, and she didn't understand the process. And um, unfortunately, that does happen at times, but that's really what happened um and then in that positioning um she saw a chiropractor well when your body is in very vulnerable stage um and you see and we're training it mechanically at the joint and creating muscle now at the same time we're in the starting phases of loading because the joint has said hey i'm mechanical now you can load me when i start to load you if the muscle is at the joint's like yeah maybe not so much i have to pull that back and address that immediately while i was doing that i wasn't aware there was a chiropractor doing things and so that force in a vulnerable state shifts everything in correction because we're training the body. We're not forcing it. We're listening to it and responding to it, listening to it and responding to it. That's how the body actually gets corrected and trained. And then you're corrected and trained forever. Um, proof of it, I'm on year 11. That being said, I wasn't aware of this. And so the force shifted the sacrum to the point where there was a lot of um, piriformis, trigger pain because this the sacrum and the si joint triggers the piriformis and that can go up into your ql and or down like quote sciatica um or it could sit there and just radiate and be annoying 
And so that kind of happens, which is why it's very important that I know every single thing that is going on in your life that you're doing activity wise, because I need the transparency because everything affects what I do. Why? Because I'm doing a mechanical thing. So your body does not work without mechanics. So if I'm addressing mechanics, I need to know everything. Whereas a chiropractor may not need to know you're with a trainer or an acupuncturist doesn't really care if you're with a trainer. I do because they're manipulating things. Massage therapy, doctors, PT, chiropractors, um, trainers. I need to know all of that. Dancing, running, biking. I need to know everything because it all matters for what I do. It doesn't really matter for everybody else individually, but because of what correction does, it encompasses every single aspect of health, um, of fitness, um, of well-being. I have to know a lot about many things in order to do my job. So the when you're forcing anything, forcing a pattern by load or force, it can generate more of an issue and create an injury in and of itself. So the best thing to do as a runner who is feeling in pain is to not go run to the gym and not go work out and not go get a trainer. It's to actually first things first, foam roll, release the strain. Release the strain off the joint. This is these, now take notes now because I'm gonna tell you how to backtrack yourself out of this. So you're gonna release the strain off your joint. That's first. Um, you wanna really try to figure out, can you feel where your actual activity started the pain? Do you remember, can you backtrack that? Can you go back into that? Um, can you reenact the motion that creates the most pain. Can you reenact the motion that creates the most pain? If you do that, what is moving? For instance, is it just walking? Are you just in pain walking? If you're in pain walking, that's basic joint mechanics, that's very deep, and that's, 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 a, that's a very big indicator that it's already throughout your mechanical system, so your joint system. Are you in pain? in several spaces. Is it in one space? Is it acute, meaning very specific, or is it radiating? Does it move? Is it bouncing around? Bouncing around pain is better than pain that's in one spot. Pain that's in one spot could be something more serious, where it may be a tear, or it could be a stress fracture. Um, but don't freak out, guys. That's all still from a dysfunctional pattern. The pattern still has to be fixed. Even if you had surgery and you had, a, you had like a stress fracture or broken, a stress fracture means something was stressed over and over and over and over again to the point of it not being able to function and then it cracks or breaks or tears. So the work, the correction work is still the same. So it doesn't really matter um, what transpires because the root of it is always gonna be what you have to address. And nine times out of 10, if you're feeling it in the right leg, right knee, it's really your left hip and your left shoulder. It's really not where you're feeling it. Where you're feeling it is just what became the most vulnerable and that's where it showed up. So backtracking it out is always going to help you really find how to root it. So always start with foam rolling. Um, when you start with foam rolling, you can really go back and say, okay, where, what is still in pain even after foam rolling? That's, that's the biggest thing. Um, and so I now want you to go over to the ITB, IT band podcast and listen to that because, um, it's really going to help us figure out what, 
is going on underneath it all in your body and um, really find out how we can address whatever is going on. And it's not running to the gym, guys. Running to the gym is not what you wanna do. Um, it, you really want to find out where it's coming from, address it right away, and then can you create the motion again? Um, you wanna be able to backtrack the entire system as much as you can. And of course, you can private message me on Instagram. You can comment anywhere and ask for my help. I have tons of people that um, I've trained and who watch over a lot of people commenting and asking for help and they come in and they chime or you know they'll tag me to make sure that I get it or I see it and I'm sure you see by now I'm for the athlete, I am for the people, I'm not for the billion dollar industry. Um, really for you guys getting help and you guys getting the information that professional athletes have that you don't. Um, and that's how they're able to do and, and perform at the levels that they are because they have information like I'm giving you. So what did we learn today? If you are in pain, the last thing you wanna do is run to a gym. You're gonna make it worse. You're gonna solidify a pattern that you really need to strip down and address first. So bare bone guys, foam roll. So now you're gonna stop listening to this. You're gonna go on over to foam rolling and listen to that guy. And if you still need more help, I encourage you to listen to um, all of the podcasts and then go on over to our membership site so that we can actually get you more information on a regular basis in our Run Pain Free family that's always there to support everybody. I hope this helped you. Please, again, message me if you need anything, um, more information. And I hope you have an awesome day and go out there and foam roll and get your run on. See ya. You're listening to the Run Pain Free Podcast the authority in injury prevention and correction for runners with running and athletic functional movement expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio.